I'm Amanda. I'm Jesse. In this podcast, we talk about the joys of motherhood as well as the experiences that have altered us along the way. We've created a safe space to talk about the hard and unconventional alongside the beauty, and we want you to feel confident in the decisions that you make as a mother. Welcome to the Motherhood Collective Co. Let's talk. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Motherhood Collective Co. We are continuing our birth story series with another um, amazing mama. Her name is Emily. I'm so excited to hear from her today. Um, This series is all about positive experiences with birth and Um, We have really just wanted to highlight how birth can be a redemptive and a beautiful experience and um, give some mamas a platform to encourage you guys if you're pregnant um, and looking for a way to make your birth the best experience that you can. Um, You are in the right place, and we're so grateful that you're here. So, Emily, thank you so much for joining us. Um, Would you just tell us a little bit about yourself so that we can get to know you, and then we'll dive into your story. Yeah, of course. Um, Hello. Um, I have been married to my husband for about four and a half years. Um, And we have a son who just kind of turned two and a half. Um, We also have a baby in heaven that we lost around nine weeks pregnant. Um, I live in the Denver area. I've been out here for almost 10 years. Um, And I am a Midwesterner, Midwesterner at heart um so i like i'm proud about that <laughs> um, yeah. yeah um i uh have a master's in clinical mental health counseling and have a private practice um and specialize in all things mom pretty much so perinatal and maternal mental health um kind of pregnancy uh postpartum just transitioning to parenthood and being a mom or you know, I have moms kind of across the spectrum, um, also deal with a lot of, like, pregnancy loss, infertility struggles, and everything like that, so I love mm-hmm. that, um, and just supporting moms all across the board, um, and then, like, on the complete opposite spectrum, I also am a wedding planner and have my own <laughs> um, planning business, um, so I'm super busy with that right now during the summer, um, but it's nice to just have that as a creative outlet um so yeah I love to um cook and garden even though I'm kind of bad at it um (laughs) but I try we've gotten a couple things that we've that are edible this year um um, with my mops group so that's another kind of avenue that I love to support moms um with and yeah, to travel, just hang out with my family, be outside like all Colorado people do mostly. Um, yeah. That's me in a nutshell, I guess. That is so. awesome. You are a rock star. And honestly, I feel like, so I did not get a degree in, in counseling like you did. I just studied psychology in college, and I have my own wedding planning company now. And I kind of feel like they complement each other. Like, do you feel like you're counseling, you're counseling your brides quite a bit throughout yeah. the process? Yeah, myself, not really market myself, but I, like, joke. I'm like, I can give you, like, a stress-free day because right. I'm, like, trained and, like, yeah, um, Yeah, like, I feel like that, qual- like, I feel like you get to charge extra for <laughs> coordination because you're also a counselor. Yeah, that is so I, cool. Luckily, I work with pretty chill brides, so I don't actually really need to pull that out too much that's good that's so good I know I feel like it's always the moms the the brides are like always the best and the moms are always the problems you know yes yes (laughs) so anyways love your intro um excited to hear about your story and I'm also sorry to hear about your loss we have a lot of um moms come on here that have shared about their losses I've had two Amanda's had one and we've um, been very open about that. So yeah. Um, thank you for sharing that and including that as well. Even I know yeah. that that's hard. Um, but yes, I will just give you the floor to share your story and whatever you feel like you want to include. Um, totally up to you. Great. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I guess starting off, like, going into, like, pregnancy and birth, um, I, like, my um, mindset, I guess, I have, like, always had, I guess, had is the past tense, always been, like, extremely fearful of birth. Um, like, I always wanted to be a mom. I knew that, like, forever. But birth, like, terrified me. Um, I literally used to say, like, to my friends in, like, college, like, knock me out and get the baby out of me. Um, <laughs> cut it out of me, which if, now that I am informed about things, like, obviously would not want that to happen. Um, okay, but, like, it just scared me so much. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know if it was the pain or, like, not like I don't know I don't know why it just terrified me but um like once I became pregnant and started you know you start to read all like birth and labor and all about it um yeah to feel like more peace and preparation and like kind of even looked forward to like labor and birth just like which is still weird that I like had that such a switch um and um, I had very significant anxiety during my pregnancy. Like, it, no thanks to it being 2020. Um, like, pretty much I was um, yeah. April through December of 2020. So the world was chaotic, like, very um, little support. Like, my husband mm-hmm. could only go to our appointments, which was our anatomy. Yeah. Thank God he could go to that one at least. Um, so felt a little robbed of like a normal pregnancy and so yeah. that contributed to like my anxiety. I struggled with anxiety like other times, but I just like, I had so much irrational like fear. Um, mm. so like there was nothing telling me like there's something wrong or we were monitoring or anything like that. I just had crazy anxiety, but like despite that, um, birth and like the labor process did not freak me out um and did not give me a ton of anxiety so I just think that that was a god thing and like yeah god that like I could go into that um with that um and a big thing um that helps me like cope with my with anxiety in general but especially during pregnancy it was like being informed and researching on my own not just like listening to my doctors um but like knowing what my options were and knowing how to advocate for myself um and you know that's something I spend a lot of time talking with my clients about is like body autonomy and advocating for themselves and feeling empowered um and you know obviously I have to practice what I preach a little bit so um yeah that that's like going into just thinking about birth, that's how yeah. I um, approached it. Um, and so, like, during my pregnancy, you know, I researched a lot of pain management options and took all the birth classes as much as I could with everything being canceled with 2020. Um, I, like, felt comfortable asking my providers questions. Um, I didn't really have, like, a birth plan, a strict birth plan. It was mostly, like, healthy mom, healthy baby. Um, mm. I had priorities like trying to avoid c-section um you know delaying cord clamping stuff like that um that i was really um advocating for um and i just knew that like again kind of going into it i knew what i wanted and and all the options um and everything and i think my hospital was um really great too about trying to respect like your your wishes and your um everything you wanted and they had yeah. a copy like had a copy of the birth plan priorities whatever you're calling it like in my file already when I got to the hospital even though I like also brought a copy with me um so they like have that um but basically um a big part of my birth is that from the day I was pregnant, I knew I would be induced for medical reasons. Um, mm-hmm. So I knew that um, because I am a type 2 diabetic. Um, and even though I'd, like, reversed the symptoms pretty much before conceiving, like, that doesn't really matter <laughs> that much. 
in your body just does what it um the placenta just kind of takes over um and so um typically most providers will not let you go past 39 weeks with that okay. um, you know, of course, if you're not managing it well or you're having other complications, like, because it puts you at a higher risk for other stuff, um, then you might have to go early. But um, I, like, my providers, like, always are telling me, like, you are a model, like, diabetic patient, because <laughs> everything was, like, I managed it so well um, and was, like, really on top of it. Um, but... Um, Basically, it was still, like, you're not going past 39 weeks. Um, and I knew that from the beginning, and that helped me, like, I think just feel prepared, too. Um, I always pictured myself with a hospital birth, so that didn't, like, damper any of my dreams of a home birth or anything, because um, that's just not what I felt. Uh, probably probably because of my anxiety, like, would not right. work out uh, which I know oh, you guys have been <laughs> podcast yeah um but yeah i mean the whole point of being induced is a couple reasons which is one the baby can get too big um if you're not managing diabetes well um and making sure their blood sugar is regulated once they're out of your body um because their um you know systems can kind of crash um okay. after they got luckily none of those were true with my son um and the big thing is that your placenta ages faster. So um, that's obviously like the life source of your baby. Um, and so getting the baby out of you when you're like optim like optimizing yeah. your rate. So um, yeah, so my due date was January 1st, which was, you know, obviously New Year's Day, um, which yeah. meant week was Christmas Day. And <laughs> did not necessarily want to be in the hospital laboring um, on Christmas Day. So uh -huh. I talked to her um, and was like, hey, can I do this earlier? Um, and um, she was supportive of that. Um, and so we kind of decided just to push it a couple days um, to like 38 and a half weeks. I was healthy. I'd had um, – you have to have some extra monitoring and stuff. So like we were pretty well aware of his size which was, again, not too big. Um, yeah. He was healthy enough for that, and I was all for that. So um, I did, like, allow my doctor to check my cervix a couple of days before I was induced because, for me, um, I hate cervix checks. They're not fun, but yeah. for me, it did help <laughs> mentally plan for, like, where I would be starting from when I got to the hospital. Yeah. Obviously, there's a huge range of, like, how fast your cervix can <laughs> change. Um, right. It just mentally helped me. So um, so it was still the week of Christmas. On the Monday before Christmas, we it was, like, really chill, and we didn't go in until the evening. So I was like, I don't know what to, like, do with myself all day while I'm just, like, waiting to go <laughs> have a baby. Um, <laughs> right. Like, I'm like, I don't – I'm not going to clean my house. It's pretty much clean. Like, Christmas presents are wrapped. Like, you know, I was, like – just gonna maybe try to take a nap I guess um so we went and got burgers at a place we like and then um a peppermint milkshake I just like very much that. we drank a lot of those when we were dating um and so that was kind of cute um that is I love that That's yeah like the, perk, the perks of getting induced is that you could just like pack your bags clean your house yeah. and everything is just like ready for when you get home yeah, and, like, I did – I do think, like, being induced helped me with my anxiety because, like, it wasn't – obviously, I could have gone into labor earlier naturally, but, um, you know, it helped me, like, I know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. And, I, and it's going to happen, and um, my husband, is, like, has a personality where he appreciates that, too, and so it's just nice to, like, know. Yeah, totally. What was going on, so – um, but yeah, I, we ate that filling, filling meal, um, because I knew they wouldn't let me eat. Um, probably wouldn't eat that next time because I did throw up quite a few times during, oh, <laughs> during no. uh, but I don't know if that would have, I mean, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we got checked in and, and it was just like very calm. I felt very calm. It was, um, 
yeah, it was just kind of an out-of-body experience where I'm like, okay, like, I know what's going to happen in this room. Like, I, my body's not in labor, so, like, I'm, you know, I don't feel pain. I'm not feeling chaotic or anything. Um, and they were just like, put on your, your gown and your socks and, like, kind of felt, like, eager, but also, like, a little bit of dread because I did know, like, what was coming, but also, like, you don't right. really know what's coming. Right. <laughs> um, my first birth. Um so, yeah, um, it took a couple hours. I don't know why, but they made me come, like, right before the nurse's shift change. So I kind of did paperwork and was kind of waiting for, like, the new nurse to come on. Um, but it took a couple hours before they finally did actually did anything to, like, start towards having a baby. Um, and they did do a cervix check um, so that they could give me, like, the right dose of medicine. So, uh-huh. Uh, lovely. You, do you remember, like, were you were you dilated at all? Yeah, I had not changed. So when the doctor's office, she had told me I was a one, um, which I, you know, I was like expecting me zero. I was like not, you know, all the other things like a face very much or soft, right. you know, thing. Um, and I was still at a one when I got to the hospital, but I had like, you know, my cervix had softened and whatnot just a little bit. It was kind of starting from zero it felt like um okay so yeah um so I got the lovely side of tech and um just kind of you get it you get it every four hours until you're kind of ready for another stage or sometimes your body goes into labor just yeah. with that um which would have been lucky um but yeah it was just kind of calm because like I wasn't really in pain or anything yet um I just had an IV um and and the medicine and um I joked that like I could watch the bachelor finale um that was like airing <laughs> live uh, I was like well I you know I didn't have to miss that to have a baby <laughs> literally we were just chilling in our in our room um and you know the nurses came in every once in a while just to ask if I like felt any changes or anything like that um but again like my appointments leading up to being induced I had done my own research to kind of know what to expect and to like know all the options and had talked like kind of every possible outcome over with my doctor of like okay well what if this doesn't work or you know what if it works really well or you know all these things and so I knew like okay like I'll probably get another dose if, if I need it and you know at at this many doses they'll have to do something else like the bulb which I was think thankfully they didn't have to um yeah so I just felt like knowing all my options and possibilities was really helpful um to my anxiety um like I knew I was gonna have to have an IV the whole time um, I knew that, like, the fetal monitor would have to be used, um, intermittently, luckily. Um, oh, and, good. yeah, and also I think a big thing is, like, talking with your spouse, um, or whoever's going to be, like, supporting you, um, during your birth and, like, making sure that, especially, like, I don't know, husbands that have never done this before, um, <laughs> not, like, experiencing you know pain and everything like you are and so um helping them like feel informed about what's going to happen and talk over options and may also make sure they know like your priorities too so if there's a moment that you can't advocate for yourself with providers because of pain or some other reason um like talking it over with your husband or your support person I think is helpful because then they can advocate for you so yeah that's awesome yeah. that's great yeah um so that night again was pretty chill the nurses like let me rest as much as possible um I didn't sleep because I was so anxious my husband slept um he just snored his little heart away on the couch um but um, you know, they had to come in every four hours and give me some more medicine. I don't think that they checked me every time because, I mean, I wasn't really having any contractions. So they were like, well, you're probably not dilated that much. They did. <laughs> um, yeah. 
So um, the doctor, my doctor that I, like, kind of preferred um, came on shift at 7 a.m., and so she, like, came and talked with me, and um, I had had a couple doses of the Cytotec at that point, um, and she actually did let me eat, which I was grateful, not that much, Um, but I think she, like, let me have, like, some dry Cheerios and, like, a fruit cup and some Gatorade. Um, so that I was grateful for, um, and even though I was, like, so nervous and anxious that I didn't really feel hungry, but I knew I probably could benefit from sustenance, um, so, um, we did end up starting the Pitocin around, like, 9 or 10 a.m., and, um, my doctor was pretty conservative with it, so I think you can go up to, like, 20 um, whatever units they measure with Pitocin, um, obviously not all at once, but we never got that high, um, because she was, again, very conservative with it, because if you go up too many, too high or too fast, um, you can, like, really have some crazy contractions, but not actually progress, um, and so I don't feel like that happened at all, um, and so I was really thankful for that, and she just kind of, like, gave me, you know, a little bit of Pitocin and then, like, let my body see if it was going to start things. Um, and, like, it felt like a partnership um, rather than her just, like, dictating what was happening. Um, but I couldn't really feel, like, contractions ever. Um, and I just felt crampy, which now I know, like, are contractions. <laughs> um <laughs> I just think it's funny when they, you know, your first baby, first pregnancy, and every time they're like, right, an an appointment, have you had contractions? And I'm like, "Um, I don't really know what it feels like, but, you know. Yeah, you're like, sometimes my stomach gets hard after I pee. Yeah, I feel crampy, and turns out, you know, that's a contraction sometimes. Right. Um, But I couldn't feel them, and I, like, would look at the monitor, the contraction, like, monitor thing, and that I was having a contraction but like couldn't feel you know like a wave or anything I just kind of consistently felt felt crampy so um I don't know it was weird but um yeah so um we just kind of chilled for the not really chilled you know I did get uncomfortable and used like you know the ball and like was able to go get up and walk and try to do all of those things um, while also, like, I did have to, like, have the IV because I had the Pitocin um, and that they let me, you know, walk around with that and stuff, but um, just trying to get my body going um, and just felt, yeah, just felt uncomfortable and my husband, like, you know, rubbed my hips and just tried to relax because obviously relaxing is also very helpful and yeah it at once um my husband like ate a ton of chocolate pudding cups from the, <laughs> from the hospital snack room because he, he was so nervous like he felt bad getting real food from the gap like because oh. I can eat yeah I like, to eat um but he just like kept getting chocolate pudding cups which is like all my friends <laughs> um so that's amazing um uh, <laughs> yeah um and I felt like the nurses also, like, were really supportive, um, but also, like, not overbearing. Um, they just kind of, like, let us hang out unless they had to come in and check something or do, you know, give me more medicine or if I needed them or something. Um, were you were you at Castle Rock Adventist? Yes, I was. Okay. Yeah, I've heard great things. Sorry to, like, interrupt. But I'm like, I've heard great things about their nursing staff and their doctors yeah. and stuff. Yeah, and I've had lots of friends deliver there and um, haven't really heard many bad things, of course, you know. I haven't either, yeah. There's always, you know, someone can be having a bad day and not be great, but overall I haven't really ever heard negative things. Um, So, yeah, my doctor, um, you know, they work, she was on call but works in the clinic um, during the day. Um, which is connected to the hospital, um, and she came and checked on me on around lunchtime just to see how I was doing, um, and did do a cervix check, 
and I was like not very dilated. I think I was, I was making progress, like still like with effacement and everything, but wasn't actually dilating. Um, and so she kind of gave me options, and one of them was like, go ahead and break my water. Um, I remember her saying like, I don't normally break water this early, but I do think like it would help um, because you would kind of stalled. Um, and I was like, well. I guess I don't have much to lose here. So um decided to do that. And um, instead of just giving me more Pitocin, um, and that immediately, like, immediately I could tell a difference made my body, like, kicking into gear. Um, yeah. Like, I immediately started dilating pretty quickly. Um, not, like, crazy quickly, but, like, not three centimeters over 12 hours. Like, I... Um, like immediately was in, could feel more pain and was more uncomfortable, um, and had dilated, um, a little more. I can't even remember the exact numbers, like within a shorter period of time. Um, feel like, did you, sorry, did you feel, um, like they, like, did you feel like they were giving you the time and the space to kind of, like, dilate at your own pace? Or did you feel, like, any pressure to stay on any kind of, like, timeline of what they were expecting? Like, how no. was that experience? Yeah. Yeah. I don't really feel like they were under any kind of timeline. Because she did just kind That's of give good. you the top. Like, she was, like, you can just chill, um, you know, and have a little more Pitocin slash see um, what your body does. But, like it's going to draw this process out even longer. Um, Cause one of my fears going into like being induced early was like, even though I did feel peaceful, like I was like, I know that it can take a long time. Like I was like, what if it takes four days? Like I, you know, the worst possible scenario. And I was like, I don't, I don't know how people do that. Um, especially being in a hospital the whole time. So um, I felt like she did give me a lot of like, options and I that's so good so um yeah I was lucky luckily for that I just Um, think we like hear so much about like the negative aspect of hospitals that I want to like highlight good hospitals and like good experiences and kind of like what that feels like and what that looks like practically so that people can have the full picture of like both yeah absolutely um yeah, so I immediately felt a difference and, like, got really uncomfortable. Um, so I did request my epidural, which, like, was planned. I knew I wanted an epidural. The nurses knew I wanted an epidural. It was obviously up to me when I um, wanted to get it. Um, and something I appreciate appreciate about our hospital um, is, like, they have their own anesthesiologist on the labor and delivery floor. And so you don't have to wait for, like, the hospital anesthesiologist to finish whatever they're doing. Like I requested it and like it was in like in place, including the catheter, like within 30 minutes. So, wow. It was very quick and like pretty painless. Um, like I don't remember that being the, <laughs> that being like super painful. Um, I did get the shakes like really bad after I got it, which is common. Um, and I got a lot of blankets, but then I was like able to immediate re- immediately like reable gosh sorry able to re- like relax some more, which again is only gonna like help your body even more. Yeah, to- totally. So I was able to like take a little bit of a nap. Um, we watched like some episodes of The Office on my husband's laptop, and just like were able to chill. Um, the nurses like actually really thought I was going to have my son before they changed shifts at seven because I that's like how fast I had started progressing from wow um but then that didn't happen unfortunately um so um and my contractions are still like not really regular like I could see them but they weren't super regular um and my son's heart rate like was being monitored and like kind of went up and down they weren't concerned, but just, like, keeping an eye on it. Um, but I was, like, forced my husband to get dinner for himself because he didn't want to eat without me. And I was, like, well, <laughs> like, the dinner service is going to close. You need to get it. <laughs> it's so yeah. empathetic of him. 
I know. Um, and we did like order a turkey sandwich to put in the fridge for whenever I have the baby. Um, I don't know what it is, you know. Everyone loves turkey sandwiches right after they have a baby, and <laughs> like there, it was the worst sandwich, but the best tasting thing ever. Um, so we really just like chill. Like I say, we chilled. Like I was still, you know, uncomfortable at this point. I had an epidural and a catheter, so you can't really move. Um, I do feel like I, I wasn't like. You know, I couldn't get up and walk, and I couldn't, like, get on all fours or something, but I could, like, shift my body enough, um, and so, like, it wasn't, like, complete dead legs, like some people right. have said, and I don't know, I am not informed enough to know if that's just, like, how it was placed or, like, conservative. Yeah, it might have even just been, like, the dosage. Yeah, you know, know they have a little the button you can press, but I never right. pressed it. Um, it, you know, I didn't feel like completely paralyzed, I guess, which was kind of helpful too. So, um, yeah, a little after 10 PM, I started to feel a little bit, a little different. Um, and my doctor obviously was not in the clinic and I was hanging out at the hospital. So she came out and came in and, um, checked me. Asked, she asked, she always asked if she could check me, which I appreciate, um, this was like about 24 hours after the first Cytotec pill that I'd had. Um, and I was at 10 centimeters and she was like, okay, it's go time. It, she wasn't like, you know, pressuring me, but was like, all right, uh -huh. like, you're at 10. So like, here's what, here's what's going to happen soon. Um, I started shaking like really bad, which again, you know, it's common. I didn't know that at the time that that was common. I was like, what the heck is happening? Yeah, that's um, probably scary if you don't know. Yeah, but everyone was like, it's okay. This happens. Like, my teeth were chattering because I was shaking so hard. Um, you know, next time I probably would wait a little bit longer um, to start pushing. Um, but because I think my body, you know, is still in that transition. But, um, you know, unfortunately – a lot of having a baby is you you don't know until you know. Um, right. Totally. Which is a little bit of parenthood in general, but, um, you know, I think overall, just systemically, every every provider could do a little bit better of a job of, of education. But, um, yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, my doctor was present for most of my pushing which I know is also something that doesn't happen and I can't say that's for certain like because of you know the doctor she is although I love her um it could have also been she just didn't have a ton of other babies being born but right, I do right, right. there for most of the time um and me and my husband were actually just laughing about it like she just kind of sat with like one leg propped up on the end of the bed and, like, made small talk in between contractions. Like, me, that is the best. Like, the doctor, the nurse, uh, and my husband and me. And, like, I had, like, a playlist on that I had that I had made and listened to, like, all through pregnancy. Um, and I had that in the background. I had a lot of worship music on. So the nurse was like, oh, I really like this playlist. Do you guys go to church around here? But, like, just very small talk. It was just really funny um, between contractions. Um, that is the best. I love that. Yeah. Um, I think that. That probably made you feel like so much more like comfortable and safe too. For sure. Um, yeah. And my doctor is a believer. Um, so. Um, oh, that's not, awesome. Not that that is like, wasn't a huge part um, then. Um, but even like postpartum wise was really helpful. Even like continued care from her has been just like I yeah can't sing enough praises for her um oh she, that's so awesome like helps me through like my pregnancy loss and has just always been very encouraging and so yeah. that's like three if I don't you guys think looking if you guys are looking for a doctor then just message me and I will yeah. message Emily and we for will sure. get that name to you for sure um, but yeah, so I, I trusted her and felt comfortable from the beginning. And I think she's a great doctor too, like medically and knows her stuff. Um, and also had great nurses, like, you know, you can't pick what nurses you get, but I felt like they were also very like warm 
and genuine. Um, Good. Um, I mentioned earlier that I vomited, and um, one of those times I was while I was pushing, and I projectile vomited all over one of the nurses um, and myself. So I felt really bad, um, but she, like, was so sweet and was, like... Also so common for that to happen. Yes, so common. Um, But I, like, was unprepared. I thought, you know, I felt really nauseous, but then kind of breathed and was like, okay, I don't think I'm going to throw up, and then immediately did. Um, Oh, no! We we laughed about it later, the nurse and I, um, but, yeah, um, so... Um, even during pushing, like I could still not feel my contractions regularly. It was again, weird, um, until like really close to the end, um, of pushing where your body truly does just kind of take over. Um, those were kind of the only ones where I like verbally could say I'm having a contraction. Um, otherwise it just kind of all, I felt like blended together. Like I just felt crampy and I just, I couldn't. I couldn't, like, dictate a start and an end of a contraction, which made – and that was before my epidural, too. Like, it wasn't because of the epidural necessarily, um, and that just made it hard. Um, Yeah. Doctor did ask – like, she again asked me. She didn't tell me. um, Like, I think that maybe if we do lower the epidural, like, it could help you, like, have more productive pushes and maybe feel the contraction a little more. Um, and so even though I had an epidural, I ended up giving birth at almost no epidural. Um, by the wow. End of the so, um, how was that transition for you? Yeah, that was a God thing too. Cause you know, I go from like, knock me out, get the baby out of me to like, yeah, a lot of it. Um, and it was, I mean, fine, but like, obviously the hardest thing you'll ever do. Um, right. but like it did help and um they I uh, even after that I still had a hard time feeling the contraction so they did end up putting an internal monitor in like in my uterus yeah contraction so it like just goes up alongside the baby um and so that way because they also couldn't keep the contractions like regular on the monitor and so it was just kind of a chaos like (laughs) what's happening um and trying to push through that and all this um and then um I did end up getting um the internal fetal fetal monitor on my son's head um because it kept losing his heart rate and you know that was not fun um and um but kind of in my head it was like he can get this or I can end up with like an emergency C-section. So it was like lesser of two evils for me. And right. my head. Totally. Yeah, um, totally. And I, you know, I know you can obviously have like some complications and to their heads and stuff like that, but luckily um, nothing, nothing happened and he was fine. And um, his little, little spot where it was was fine. Um, again, I felt informed about that and like, yeah, I did have a choice. And I made that choice because I was like, I don't want to see section um, unless I yeah. obviously have to. And so if, they can, if that is the only barrier, then I'm going to do that. Um, and so, um, yeah, it just did the whole situation. I was like as calm as I could be given, you know, pushing a baby out. Um, and it was just very positive because I, Again, we were making small talk. We were joking a little bit. Um, like, I could hear my playlist. I remember the room being – I don't know if I if it actually was, but I feel like the room was kind of dim, so it wasn't, like, bright medical lights on the whole time. Yeah. Um, and it just felt, just felt calm. Um, so at 12.20 a.m., so it was about two hours of pushing, um, which was – hard um yeah. he finally was out and he was on my chest and my husband like recorded it so it's like on video but I like vividly remember saying like he's real that's a real baby like almost being freaked out because I I, I was like I think I was like actually in shock 
that like yeah it's so weird when it's your first date like especially your first pregnancy I'm sure it's like mind-blowing with every single one but when you yeah. like when you've ever seen a baby come out of your own body before and you're like okay so this really worked like this whole process yeah. was yeah. legit like, obviously like you feel them move and like all that stuff inside of you but then like and you see, you know, a baby on an ultrasound or what looks like a baby shape <laughs> on right. an But, like, and you hear a heartbeat and stuff, but there's some just, like, disconnect still of, like, that's a real-life human being, baby, that came out of yeah. me. I, I truly just, like, actually think I was, like, in actual shock because, like, I didn't cry. I, like couldn't breathe a little bit because I was just yeah. very like my husband he to this day does says he didn't didn't cry but he had tears running down his face and oh. he, can, he can fight me on that um and so he got to cut his cord and um like I did get to have him on my chest the whole time um which was one of like of you know all the little apgar scores and all that stuff which was one of the like oh, one good. of my um also being being diabetic which i kind of mentioned but then didn't really mention <laughs> anymore um you know i did have to have an iv like with pitocin but i also had to have an iv to monitor my blood sugar the whole time because especially since okay. i wasn't since i wasn't eating i did have to have like some fluids um and like in case they needed to give me insulin if my blood sugar tanked or something um and i had to check it and stuff during labor a few times and so that was another reason i needed an iv um and then another reason i wanted him to make sure he stayed on my chest and to make sure like the cord we did the delayed cord clamping i mean there's like a ton of benefits to any baby and any mom for all of that but it also helps, like, regulate their blood sugar if they are having any issues. Um, to oh, that's good. To, yeah, that's good to, to know. Um, to do that delayed cord clamping, especially, and then skin-to-skin skin helps regulate everything, you know. Okay, yeah. That and any – just wanted to lessen any kind of shock on a new baby's body when they already basically are going into shock because they are ripped out of warm they know. home. <laughs> they know. Uh, yeah. Um, and so, you know, him being on my chest and everything, like, made everything, you know, at this point, there was no epidural because it was already lowered and it was, it was worn off, um, because it had been so low. And so, um, I do, like, remember delivering my placenta and it was not a fun experience, but, like, I also had my baby on my chest, so it wasn't right. bad. Um, and... I do remember, like, my doctor saying, like, um, my placenta, like, had aged more than, like, where I was gestationally. So that was, like, a, oh, interesting. a affirmation of, like, okay, this was a good move to, like, have him early, like, as yeah. a, being a diabetic. Like, because, again, like, I don't want to take any <laughs> risk of not being able yeah, to. Yeah, totally. Like, so that just helped me feel, like, confident that that was the right decision and being induced early. Um, but also like he had perfect blood sugars. He never had any issues um, with that. When, um, when you're a diabetic, whether it's type two, type one, or even gestational diabetes, um, they have to um, poke them before they eat um, like four times in a row um, and okay. have four good blood sugars before they can stop monitoring them. Um, it's not fun for your baby to get poked. Um, oh, I for my son crying um, or being phased, but I'm sure some babies are. Um, but luckily, he like had zero issues, and so after four times, which you know they eat, they eat so frequently, so it really was not that right. long. Um, he was great, and he was um, seven pounds, twelve ounces. So um, you know, had I been forty weeks, he probably would have been close to nine pounds um give or take but he was the perfect size for that time yeah. and it was just did you guys have to stay at the hospital longer than you normally would have to or no. was it you know the same kind of duration 
Yeah, it was the same duration. Um, like, I was fine completely. Like, I had no issues um, being uh, being a diabetic. Um, I had been on insulin during my pregnancy, only during my pregnancy. It's not something I normally take. And, uh, like, as soon as he was out of my body, I didn't have to take it anymore. And, like, my blood sugars were fine. And um, he was he was great. And so we got to go home. Uh, it's kind of a weird time because since I delivered at midnight, that kind of, like, doesn't count as a night, even though, like, we went to sleep by, like, 2 a.m. And so we, like, spent a night there. And so I could have stayed an extra day, um, which would have made us go home on Christmas Day. Um, but um, we felt good, and we were able to leave and get home on Christmas Eve. So um, we had our little first Christmas as a family of three. Um, oh, I love that. Um, we did end up having to go back to the hospital on Christmas Day because he ended up being pretty jaundiced. So that was a bummer, but it was fine. And we got Christmas Eve and most of Christmas Day um, at home. And so, um, so yeah, that was um, – it ended up being fine, and he's great and healthy. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's not much – I can say that's like negative about my birth experience. Like I mentioned, like some of those things, like you don't know until you know, and it being a first birth, like I've heard, I've listened obviously like the whole series you're, you're doing. And I think that's like a theme everybody has said of like, it's your first birth and like, you just don't know um, right. what you don't know. And that's a bummer um, that, there's just such a lack of education. Even if you read, like I, like I said, like I read and researched and did so much and like still have things like I would change and like still have things that like I didn't know until I experienced and every body and baby and mom are different. And so it's just, there's going to be differences. Um, totally. What do you feel like if you could like pinpoint what you would do differently what do you feel like you would do differently yeah I mean not much I think um you know there's maybe some things like leading up to birth and labor that I could like try and like talk with my doctor about you know with me like knowing that I'm gonna have to be induced early like I was kind of fearful of, like, doing anything to help induce labor early because I didn't want to, like, go into labor too early. Um, but I would, like, maybe want to talk with my doctor about, like, hey, are there some things I can do to, like, help get my body ready? Um, and, you know, um, like, I did a lot of walking and stuff like that. But I, you know, there's and there's things that – science says helps and science says doesn't help but other people say help so you know yeah and all that stuff and I just like kind of was fearful of doing any of that because I didn't want it to send me into labor too early um but I don't I feel like next time maybe it would help um even if it like even if I am starting at a two instead of a one or a three instead of a one um right trying to you know be be a little closer um, right. There's just like really not that much. Um, you know, I thought about like, will I get an epidural or like, will I wait longer to get an epidural? And I just don't know because I just, I'm like a very firm believer that like every birth is going to be different. Every, um, body, like, you know, by the time I hopefully do have a second baby, like I'm going to be at least three years older than I was and have, you know, right. who knows? Like, what that pregnancy will be like and how much energy I have going into it and um, how I'm feeling. And so I can't say for certain either way. Um, right. But, um, yeah, there's just not much I would do differently because I just don't feel like – I mean, there are – yeah, I guess, like, I don't want to monitor on his head, um, preferably. But, again right. – if it's that or a C-section, I'm going to choose that. Yeah. Oh, um, totally. Because I just don't want a C-section unless I have to have it. Exactly. Um, yeah. Recovery is worse. And, yeah. Um, and 
I don't know, I just felt like empowered and strong and informed. Um, and I think partially that was like finding a provider that I felt comfortable with and trusted. Um, yeah. Also like researching for myself, but also like God, like yeah. there's just things that like, I, he, that is only him that could have yeah. helped. Like, no one could just, like, zap my fear away and my anxiety away. Right. But, like, that really had to, like, change my heart over the nine months I was pregnant to, like, have this not be so scary for me. Um, yeah. And, like, you know, prayer and with my husband and support and um, was just huge. It's just made a huge difference. So, do you yeah. feel like do you feel like next time that you would have do you think you would still have fear about childbirth or do you feel like now that you've done it you feel like you kind of conquered that fear or how do you kind of see that going into next time? No, I like do not fear it at all. I'm like looking forward to it <laughs> in a weird That's way. That's so like, cool. Um, like it it doesn't scare me at all. Um, and so like you know, go back to like, will I get an epidural or not? Like, I have again, like, from the beginning was like, beginning of life was like, knock me out and get it out of me. To the fact that I even <laughs> that I've even had a thought of like, maybe I don't need an epidural. Like, the fact that I even have that thought, whether I do it or not, is like, is huge. Yeah, not real like how because I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe I don't need it. Like, I could feel it, and it could be fine, and I can do it. Yeah. That's just, like, I don't, you know, again, the only explanation is, like, God, because I don't know how my heart goes from one <laughs> spectrum to at least the middle of the spectrum. I definitely won't say it's all <laughs> other. Still not. Yeah. yeah. I know. He really is the only explanation for those kind of heart changes and, um yeah, that is that is so cool. Is there like, is there anything that you would want people that are listening to your story to know that you haven't mentioned, or um, any advice you would give to mamas um, who are in any kind of similar situation that you were in? Um, anything that you would want to add to do your yeah. story honor? Yeah. Um. Gosh, there's not much. I think like doing your own research like I, you know I've already said this so many times like doing research on your own using resources um as they're available and whatever you find um it really can make a difference like in how you advocate for yourself and like remembering especially like you know in a situation where you don't necessarily have an option you have to have like a hospital and like somewhat medicated birth um you know, because I was induced for, medi for like, medical necessity. Um, right. Especially going into that, like, knowing your options and remembering that even despite all of that, like, your doctor works for you. You don't work for your doctor. And, like, you are allowed to have a say in your care and you're allowed to ask questions. You're allowed to stop your doctor from walking out the door and be like, hey, I have some more questions or I need to talk to you about this. Um, you can you can take up space and you can take time um, to feel like empowered and feel informed about your care um, despite, you know, needing a medical intervention or despite needing right. anything. Um you know, you you can take as much power as you can um, because it's your birth and not anyone else's birth. So yeah, yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, and um, I am sure that there are so many moms out there who do need to be induced for medical reasons, or maybe um, they are diabetic pre-pregnancy or they're um, gestationally diabetic and, um, you know, have fears about how that's all going to unfold. And I know that this will reach the people that it is supposed to. And um, as always, if anybody has questions for Emily about her story or anything that was mentioned, please 
message us. We'll get you in contact with her, and we can get those questions answered. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much, Emily. I love chatting with you, and, um, yeah, just grateful that you took the time to come on here and talk with us. Yeah, of course. Thank you. And everybody else, I will see you guys next week as we continue our series. We still have, I believe, like two or three incredible birth stories um, to add to the series. And then we are going to be welcoming Amanda back and we're going to open up a new series. We're going to plan another event for all of you local mamas and um, yeah, just kind of get the ball rolling again since little Lily has been born. So. Anyway, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening, and remember that you were chosen to be the mother of your children. And you are exactly where you need to be. See See you next week. week.